0: Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Ho, ho, ho! Ho! Hello, ho! Little young Adam Beasley, come sit on my lap. And ho, ho. I want to know what you want for
1: Christmas. Yeah, thanks for the uh, the nightmares for the next couple of weeks. I'll uh, I'll never get that image out of my brain. It's seared in there. Thank you, there, Santamondo. Where's your mommy? Where is oh, your <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is the Dolphins in Depth podcast, and I am uh, Santa Mondo and Star of Show Adam Beasley, also known as Little
1: Little Adam. Uh, <laughs> how you doing, bro? I've been I, I've been uh, tinkering away in the uh, the ELFs Workshop, coming up with the hottest takes possible of 2020, and I think. Uh, we're uh, we're ready for, uh, for, for for the Christmas season here at the Dolphins Depth Podcast. So let's let's
0: you know let's get to brass tacks as they used to say in the 19th century. Let's uh let's let's address the elephant in the room. Do the Miami Dolphins make the playoffs in 2020 or no?
1: Yes, yes they do, and you know why? No, I don't know why. Because the Raiders are not good. And the Bills are not going to try. Wow, I wow. think I, I think they're going to go to Las Vegas this weekend on a short week, mind you. But they're going to fly out Christmas, and I think they are going to handle a mediocre team. I think uh, they're going to have a plan for Marcus Mariota because that's who the quarterback's going to be, unless uh, Derek Carr makes a remarkable recovery. He uh, will, and then uh, the Bills will have absolutely nothing to play for in Week 17. And I, and, and here's something crazy, Armando. I think they would rather face the Dolphins than the Ravens in the first round of playoffs. So they actually don't mind if the Ravens beat up, or the Dolphins beat up on all their backups, uh, and make the playoffs because I think they're confident they could beat the Dolphins, uh, at home in the playoffs and, and that'd be a better matchup for them.
0: Right. So to, to really define it in a more precise manner, we don't mean, or I don't think you mean, that the Bills won't try. What I think you mean is that the Bills will rest their starters or a majority of those starters, and let their uh, reserves go and try against the Dolphins, which obviously is you know a handicap for them.
1: Absolutely. I, I talked to Lee Sterling, a local handicapper, uh, this weekend, this week, uh, and he he said that his guess is if the, the Bills play their starters, they would be a touchdown favorite. If the Bills play uh, Matt Barkley and their backups, they would be a touchdown underdog. So that's how big of a swing uh, it would be uh, if the Bills don't have any incentive to try and go out and and, and, and play with full effort in Week 17. You know
0: what I'm rooting for, Adam? You know what I want other than, you know, uh, like a Rolls Royce for Christmas? um, (laughs) I I would really like – for the current seeding to be the the seeding. I would love for the Bills to have the number two seed. I would love for the Dolphins to have the number seven seed. I would love for it to be Buffalo and the Dolphins in the regular season finale. And then the following week, the Dolphins and Buffalo once again going at it, but for real
1: this time. Do you think they would spend a week in western New York?
0: Absolutely, one hundred percent. No way. <laughs> Why not, Armando? <laughs> not happening. Not a chance. First of all, New York has very onerous uh, COVID nineteen uh, protocols right now, and that's true. That's um, that's troublesome. That's you know most people are trying to get out of, uh, especially the city, but. Uh, I don't think the, Dolph- the Dolphins don't mind a three-hour flight back home on Sunday night after the regular season finale, and they don't mind a three-hour flight back the following Saturday or Friday,
1: whatever. So here's the scenario. The Dolphins, if they win their last two games, and most anyone who listens to this podcast is informed enough as a fan that knows this already, but in case you don't, the Dolphins win their last two games. There is nothing the Ravens can do to prevent them from reaching the playoffs. And they would be, at worst, the seventh seed, possibly the sixth. If the Colts fall apart, that's unlikely. Uh, but if the Dolphins win out, they'll, they'll be either the sixth or the seventh seed. Uh, where it gets tricky, and I mean really tricky, Armando, is if the Dolphins lose a game. If they lose either to the Raiders or the Bills, uh, they would need help from either the Jets, the Bengals or the Jaguars down the stretch. And those are the three worst teams in the league, Armando. And not only are they the three worst teams in the league, uh, they've gotten their wins. Two of those three teams have gotten their late season wins out of the way already. Uh, the Jets won uh, in an amazing fashion uh, against the Rams. And uh, last night the, uh, the the Bengals looked like a real football team and the Steelers, who are currently the three seed, do not uh, so you'd be asking a lot for the Dolphins to get in at ten and six, which is crazy because this is the first year ever we've got fourteen teams in the playoffs. Usually ten wins is good with six, you know, with twelve teams. A so six in each conference, it probably ten probably won't be good enough this year with with seven from the AFC, which is you know pretty remarkable. But it just kind of is in you know very on brand for the Dolphins' luck of the last twenty years.
0: I always defer to you because you are indeed star of the show, Adam Beasley, but. I would appreciate if, for the sake of the rest of this podcast, you would refer to me as Santa Mondo. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not not Armando. I am <laughs> Santa Mondo. If you don't do that every single time, I'm going to speak the rest of the podcast in my lame fake Santa voice. So you're warned.
1: Can I, you can, can, are on notice. Can
0: I give us a sample of that one more time before Oh ho 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 The Miami Dolphins <laughs> going to the Raiders. The wind is a raider. Or whatever that was. <laughs> what was it? Uh, you remember oh, that yeah, NFL, yes, yes. NFL films thing? Uh, the pirate is a raider. <laughs> it's like, John Facenda. That was the the most awesome thing ever. The autumn wind. The autumn wind. That's right. You're absolutely correct. Maybe we can get our crack production staff to throw <laughs> in some autumn wind, uh, you know, uh, sound in the middle of this whole thing. Otherwise,
1: oh, we're not. We're not paying the rights for that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, uh, okay. Eh, never mind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Um, so, so that makes. Saturday's game a must
1: win. Of course it does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I, I think Flo, when we talked to him yesterday, hates, I mean, he hates big picture questions. He hated it last week when I said, if, you know, they, they felt like they had to win out to get in. And he hated it yesterday when uh, somebody asked him about the playoffs. And he said, this is a playoff game because it's this week. And so, yeah, the Raiders are a playoff game. And I know he was trying just to change the subject, but he's absolutely right. I mean, this is the first time that we've gotten an answer out of them that's usable, that's accurate about the significance of the game to come. Because uh, if the Dolphins, and I, I, can, I can call up the old 538 projections, uh, but if, 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 you know, if the Dolphins win, uh, they're probably a coin flip to go to the playoffs. And that's assuming the Bills try. We don't know if the Bills are going to try. But assuming the Bills try, a Dolphins win would make, the, would make them 45% likely to get into the postseason. A Dolphins loss, Armando, would drop them to... Oh, what? Huh? Oh! Oh,
0: <laughs> oh!
1: Oh, this is wrong, little
0: Adam. You're not getting your truck. <laughs> You're not getting your little Hess truck that you ordered with mommy. Mommy was telling me the other day that you wanted your Hess truck. I don't know.
1: She's going to have to do a little work to get that for you now. True story. Uh, Santa Mondo, one year you did indeed leave coal in my stocking as a child. (laughs) What? There was coal in my stocking one year when I was nine years old. I must have been a... A real pain in the backside that year, now they obviously gave me real presents, but just a you know just a dunk on me a little bit. My parents left some coal in that stocking. That's shocking, man. I've never heard that, and like from anybody on earth. Yeah. Well, we had a coal stove, so there was plenty of coal available.
0: <laughs> no, I know, but that the idea that
1: parents would put that in some little kids' stocking, I mean, really. Well, I, I wasn't the uh, refined, uh, you know, put-together, responsible, uh, uh, middle-aged man I am now. Or, oh, Santa Mondo. Oh, I caught myself. San Mondo. Yes. Uh, I, was, uh, I, I was a bit of a pain in the ass. So, um, uh-huh. and, and now that I have a three-year-old child, yeah. I, sympath, I sympathize with my parents.
0: Don't ever do that, please.
1: <laughs> because
0: maybe back in the – whenever, the 70s or the 80s when that was okay and people got away with that. Now, your son would call the cops on you, and you'd be taken away to Guantanamo.
1: Do you think I'll get canceled for that, Santa Mondo? Uh,
0: that, I mean, wow. That You know, growing up, my family was very, very poor. We had the classic immigrant, you know, story. But I don't ever remember my parents doing something so... <laughs> That's That That's, I'm stunned. I'm like yeah, wow.
1: That explains a lot, though. <laughs> uh, you, you, you know, our 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 personalities are the accumulation of all of our experiences. Santa Mondo, <laughs> and some stick with you more than others.
0: Gotcha. I, I understand. By the way, uh, speaking of uh, grumpiness, uh, Flo. <laughs> after a a, a loss, uh, he's a nicer person than he is after a win, isn't he? Oh, he's totally. Just,
1: what's up with that? He he absolutely hates uh, praise <laughs> for him, for his team, for his players. For, you know, he'll, he'll praise the, uh, the the cooking staff and the janitorial staff and and all that. But uh, after a win, although he was. He was actually, I think Monday was he was toned down flow, and he was, you know, he, he tried he was grumpy. to grumpy. Grumpy, but I think after the game on Sunday, he, he was pretty light and, and 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 celebratory because he knows that they beat a team that isn't very good, but they're still the you know, 12 time defending AFC champs or whatever, and they beat it without any offense. Where they beat it with basically an offense that is out of the 1940s. They ran the ball, they ran the ball, they ran the ball, and Tua threw passes when he had to that were 10 yards. His longest completion, Santamondo, on Sunday was 15 yards, and, and they were excellent in the second half on offense. So, yes, I would say uh, Flores had, a, had an absolute right to be happy about how they played on Sunday because they won a game, let's be honest, that in previous years this team wouldn't have won.
0: That is a great uh, preview of the next segment because I want to discuss with you how the prehistoric Stone Age offense that we saw on Sunday against the New England Patriots might have to morph a little bit on on Saturday against the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll be right back. Adam, so, you know, last week the Miami Dolphins found themselves needing to run the football against a defense that the previous week had given up 186 yards on the ground to the Los Angeles Rams. And so they ran the football. They finally got the, the, you know, the memo and ran the football to all sorts of great season heights. In fact, they had the most yards that they've had since 2016. This week, they're facing a defense by the Las Vegas Raiders who cannot stop the pass. Mm-hmm. They are horrible. In the secondary, they, I mean, I I think that we could serve better. (laughs) Uh, You know, we could be their corners, not really. But it it would be not much of a downgrade because they are the worst. So can the Dolphins, who haven't been throwing the ball very well of late, can they, you know, kind of toggle back and be a passing offense on Saturday?
1: Well, if uh, two of his targets are uh, Lynn Bowden Jr., uh, Isaiah Ford, and Mac Hollins, as they were on Sunday with some Adam Shaheen and uh, Durham Smythe sprinkled in, I don't like the Dolphins' chances because that is, without question, the worst set of skill position players that any team will start uh, in week 16, if that's the case. Uh, I don't believe that will be the case. I think the Dolphins are going to get back a bunch of help this week, I think you're going to see Miles Gaskin back this week from off of COVID. I think you're going to see Devontae Parker play this week. I think you're going to see Jakeem Grant play this week. And I think there's an outside chance that Mike Gesicki plays this week. If all of those guys are back, they are going to light that Raiders defense up.
0: I also think that Eric Flowers uh, has a chance mm-hmm. of playing this week, which is important because, you know, Kinley is fine, but he's not the starting left guard. It's Eric Flowers.
1: Oh, and Kinley and Kinley's all banged up right now, too. Right.
0: Right, exactly. So, although he would have to move back to right guard, no?
1: Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, no, they, they would prefer to have him at right guard, which is kind of wild, because I, I, I asked uh, Chan Gailey about this today. They had so much success last week, with particularly down the stretch, but with Kinley and then Dieter at left guard and uh, Jesse Davis at right guard and then the two rookies at tackles, uh, you would think that if – they stumbled across something that's allowed them to run the ball at a level that was not dreamt of in the previous 13 weeks. Maybe they stick with that, but it doesn't sound like they're going to.
0: No, I don't. I don't think so. And I think we were um, we were heartened by the fact that Michael Dieter came out and didn't soil himself. <laughs> it, it, it was good that he, you know, he's the backup center, and I guess now he's the, you know, the third string guard, and which is not saying a lot for a former third-round pick
1: from a year ago. But how did he play? Oh, I, I think he played well. Again, it was only the fourth quarter. But when they needed a run to a run and run and run to, to have the go-ahead touchdown and run and run and run to end the game, uh, they, they they weren't afraid to run behind him. And I think that's really encouraging. And, um, you know, pass pro, they we didn't really – it's crazy because two Tua through what, 26 passes, but I don't think – they were really passes. I think the vast majority of them were glorified handoffs. So we, We've talked about this how they they just don't stretch the field anymore. Uh, they don't throw the ball deep. Santamondo, uh, uh, if you were to guess what the longest completion of Tua Tungabailoa's career is, what would be your guess?
0: Nineteen yards.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's a little better now. It's thirty five, but it's not a ton better. And and I think that one of the they, he's done it twice. And I think one of them was a catch and run. So yeah, so. They don't throw the ball deep, and that's the next step for him. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that, that he does well, but they cannot be they cannot be an offense that has to be in third down all the time. They have to they have to win so much on first and second down and move the, and get chunk plays uh, that they're not relying on on their third down offense. Um, I don't know if we're going to see that this year. I don't know if we're going to see that next progression from Tua this year. But in the offseason, if he's going to be a fully formed quarterback in a second season, uh, he needs to be able to throw the ball deep.
0: Well, yes, he also needs guys that would be able to get open deep. (laughs) So uh, I haven't seen a whole ton of separation from the – even when they're healthy, this this receiving core. I mean, let me just say this. Adam, just fair and and transparent as I can be. I'm over the 50 50 ball, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm over that. 50 uh, 50 balls means you have as much chance of failure as success. That shouldn't be your go to move in the passing game. So I need receivers on my offense, which I'm going to give myself for Christmas in April. Uh, that can get open, get separation, and have enough speed to get downfield. I'm not going to say it's Devonta Smith. I'm not going to say it's uh, it Jamar Chase, one of those guys, or Lamar Chase, whatever his name is, Chase from LSU. But it better be one of those guys. (laughs) Because, I I mean, we're – we're we're playing tiddlywinks and the game is not tiddlywinks in in the NFL. It's you know, it's you gotta come to the game with a bazooka to win and the Dolphins bring a pop gun.
1: I think you're absolutely right. They need to add two speed receivers in the offseason. They had hoped throughout the course of the year that uh, you know, a guy like Antonio Callaway might be able to develop into that and his esteemed time as a Miami Dolphin ended after three games and two catches he was cut on monday um, so that wasn't the answer uh, Jakeem grant is a great change of play, pace guy you, can get, you know right the run the jet sweeps and uh, kick kick you know kick return guy and he's got a value for this team for sure but he is not you, you know, he's not Devonta Smith. He's just not. So they're going to need to go and address that this offseason. I will say this, Armando. They're, they're, they're called 50-50 balls, but with, with Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki, they're more like 70-30 balls because those guys are really good at going up and getting it. Um, I don't think Tua throws those passes very well. I think that the, the part of the reason the offense has taken a step back is the pieces don't fit. I think the pieces of Devonte Parker and Mike Kosicki and, and all that fit very well with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't think those pieces fit particularly well with Tua Tagovailoa, and I think it's part of the reason we've seen them be less explosive on offense since Tua has taken over.
0: Well, Tua himself has said, I need to see them open before I throw it. And so that tells you his mindset, and, you know, by definition, a 50-50 ball is you're not open.
1: <laughs> Correct. <laughs>
0: you're, Correct. Right? I mean, the, the, the defensive back is right there. The, the wide receiver is right there. There's an equal chance of one as the other to make a play, and you have to trust as the quarterback, and you have to place uh, the ball a certain place. Can I say this? And I, it's going to sound counterintuitive. Tua has elite accuracy. For a 50-50 ball, you almost have to be a little inaccurate because if you put it right in the gut, if you put it right on his chest, it's more—it's just as likely, if not more likely—that it will get knocked down as caught. To h- complete a fifty-fifty ball with a six-five or six-six tight end or a six-five uh, wide receiver, you have to be either high or high <laughs> or higher, <laughs> right? You have to like throw it where normally you don't want to be throwing it to give them a chance to reach and outreach the defensive back. And and Fitzpatrick is great at being inaccurate like that sometimes. Tua
1: is accurate, and so it's counterintuitive for him to do that. I, I think you make an excellent point, Santamondo. I, I also think there's been a lot of conversation over the last month or two that Allen Robinson might be an option for the Dolphins. Oh, but, man. But, but, do you, but do you know what – he is not that guy. He is not that explosive guy. He is Devontae Parker. He's a guy who's probably slower, actually. He ran a 4.6 uh, at the Combine. It's not molasses well, slow, but it's not fast for a wide receiver. And he is a big-body, go-and-get-the-football the kind of guy. I, I don't know if that would be a great fit if they already have Devontae Parker on the roster.
0: The difference between um, him and Devontae Parker is he's, he's more physical. We're just being transparent. He's more physical. And so while he can't separate because of great speed or amazing moves, he separates because he out-physicals the defensive back in that he pushes some of them down. (laughs) (laughs) He's got that in his repertoire in that he has the Michael Irvin toolkit of Creating separation where it's illegal, but it's okay because you do it in a certain way that the officials don't call it. And he is per- he does that like better than just about anyone that is playing right now. And it, it reminds me of Michael Irvin. And uh, Devontae's not like that. Devontae is not, I'm going to push you and, and throw you, and suddenly you're falling out of the picture, and I don't know why, but nobody's calling it. Uh, that, you know, that, that's,
1: I think, the big difference. Okay, so if you had your druthers, and this isn't the draft, this is purely free agency, uh, and there there were these four wide receivers available, which do you think would be the best fit for what the Dolphins need uh, particularly with their roster and the skills of their quarterbacks. Here, here are probably the best 4 free pre-agent wide receivers that will, be, that will be on the market. A.J. Green, Allen Robinson, T.Y. Hilton, or Sammy Watkins? Right.
0: Um, you forgot Juju Smith-Schuster, right?
1: Uh, let's see. I'm looking at the spotrack.com list of NFL free agents and Juju is there. He's not near the top, but he's definitely on the list.
0: Right. So, like, I, I wrote about this, I think, last week, that I believe that the Dolphins should go and get two guys. Uh, they should draft a guy, obviously, and I believe, again, Devonta Smith. I'm not going to say he, they should be drafting him, but Devonta Smith. <laughs> and, 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 you know, aside from Devonta Smith, they should get a veteran because a veteran will more quickly be able to help the offense, whereas a rookie like Devonta Smith has to grow into it, right? Uh, in his rookie year, Devonta Smith is going to take a minute, whereas the veteran can be a plug-and-play kind of guy. I, I wanted to say it was going to be Juju, but I saw that that whole dance thing last <laughs> night. On the Bengals, uh, you know, uh, midfield and the whole thing, and I'm not feeling Juju's Juju (laughs) fitting into Brian Flores, serious guy uh, kind of approach. What do you think?
1: Uh, I I feel like if he uh, can give them, you know, 70 catches at 13 yards a catch and six seven eight touchdowns. Uh, Flores will learn to love a little dancing. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I, I think they desperately need they desperately need as you mentioned veteran free, uh, wide receiver help. Um, and I think I think an offense with you know a mature maybe Juju with Devontae Parker with Devontae Smith with Mike Geskei and then with a, maybe Etienne as their as their running back or somebody a high a high draft pick at running back.
0: Najee Harris.
1: Najee Harris would be fantastic. Uh, uh, this all of a sudden becomes a much, much better offense.
0: Of course. And and we're also assuming next year that the three rookies that are starting on the offensive line right now, <laughs> that they have an offseason to actually, you know, kind of improve their bodies, remake their bodies, as Tony Sperano used to say, and be better. Mm-hmm. Because of experience, because of all of that, and now you're, you're, you're okay. They, they have to find a center for next year.
1: I agree. I agree with all that. And let's get back to the beginning of the conversation we had as we let you go. Um, if, you know, they're, they're in a position going forward uh, to, to, to make a run next year, uh, do you think that Tua will be ready to, to, to lead them on that run? And do you think that the experience he gets down the stretch here will be enough that in in year 2 of his career he's ready to to make them a real Super Bowl contender.
0: I love how on Christmas week you're you're bringing the package back home and tying mm-hmm. it with a neat bow. I like that. Um I don't know. I I can't tell you. I I wish. Look. I I don't know if if anyone that says yes we're guessing, right? right. Anyone that
1: says no you're guessing. So how do I know? I don't. Do you know? No. I'm. I, I have. I have zero conviction because when you when you watch him on Sundays, he does some nice things, but you haven't been wowed by him yet, right? The Arizona game was impressive, but you haven't. You, the, the, there are, there are throws that other quarterbacks make with with inferior talent that just make your jaw drop, and uh, I haven't seen that yet at of Tua. But then you know the other the angel on my shoulder says. You're an idiot. He's had seven starts. He is playing with a practice squad group of wide receivers right now. Uh, cut the kids some slack. So I'm going to. I'm going to cut the kids some slack. But I tell you what, uh, Santamondo, uh, next September, uh, there's no more grading on a curve.
0: That's fair. And that's that's a good way to, to leave it. Uh, I, I can guarantee there will be no coal, uh, no chunks of coal in your stockings or under your tree this year. For uh, Adam Beasley, I, I you've been a star all year because obviously you're getting paid like the star of the show. <laughs> Clearly, uh, uh, I am getting paid like the caddy of the show, and I expect a little bonus from the star <laughs> of the show at some point. But but you know it, it it's it's been a it's been my privilege to work with you
1: this year. Oh, this isn't our last one, is it? We, we have a New Year's edition still, and it'll be the Will the Dolphins Make the Playoffs edition. But it's very kind of you to say all that, and I hope you and your family have a merry Christmas, Armando. Thank you! Ho, ho, ho!
0: Tune again in this week! Or is it next week? I forget. I only work one day a year. Tune in again next week and listen to the New Year's edition of the Dolphins
1: and Depth podcast.
0: Ho, ho,
1: ho. All right, I'll leave the back door unlocked, Santa Mondo, but the milk's for you, not the bourbon. All right, bro.
0: See you next week, folks.